Welcome to Sooners Extra, the OU podcast powered by the Oklahoman podcasting in a great way. I'm Ryan Aber, beat writer from the Oklahoman, joined today by columnist Barry Trammell. Is uh, our buddy Joe Masato is on vacation. Uh, Barry, how's it going this uh, Monday afternoon? Ready for college football. <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> you I was, and me both. I, 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 was, I was thinking about this the other day. The f- people who do television have blessed me here in, later in my years with during football season. They give me football for five nights a week. Tuesday and Wednesday are generally dark, so I can schedule all kinds of things around <laughs> that. But the rest of the time, I got football. And even before the NFL starts, <laughs> the colleges step into the void Thursday, Friday, Sunday. <laughs> oh, you Houston. Thank you, Joe Castiglione. And Monday with a big game. So... It's going to be cool. I'm ready for it. I'm fired up. Yeah, I spent a lot of the the spring and summer, you know, ready for a little bit of downtime, ready to catch your breath. But once we get to media days, it's like, okay, let's get let's get this going and uh, get some football. And we're not too far away. Uh, just uh, a few more weeks until OU opens the season up at home, like you said, on a Sunday night against Houston, and that's. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is the OU's uh, schedule coming up this year. And, uh, Barry, let's look at the non-conference portion of it first. And obviously the name that jumps out to you just uh, from reputation is UCLA. But um, I think uh, uh, there's another game that uh, is probably OU's biggest test of the first part of the season. Yeah, that Houston game is going to be fun because last time the Sooners played the Cougars – <laughs> U of H whacked them pretty good down at Reliant Stadium. So um, Dana Holgerson coaching Houston, they got the big time offense. I was watching uh, flipping channels. I saw the end of a, of a Florida Georgia repeat the, from last November. This was Sunday night, and one of the cool things about that is they flashed the scores from that day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, they run the same scroll. And uh, so here it came across. Houston was beating USF 50-35 to 35, uh, on that day, whenever that was, when Florida played Georgia. So I immediately thought, hey, this Houston team scores points. They score points. So Holgerson won't slow that down. So that'll be a fun game at the old uh, stadium on a Sunday night season opener. Um, Oklahoma-Houston um, – Good opening test. Very good opening test. Yeah, and especially for the defense. And obviously Houston in some transition uh, with Major Applewhite out, Dana Holgerson in. But uh, Houston offense still has some teeth to it, and that's going to be uh, be an interesting matchup for Alex Grinch his, his first time out. Yes. Um, seems unlikely the Sooners can put the – can put a, a stranglehold on that Houston offense. I think uh, I think the OU offense will have to score quite a bit. What's interesting is that in 16, you know, when when last time they played Houston, the opening opening the 16 game, the 16 season, the OU defense was not a train wreck yet. It would get that way later in the year. That's the year of uh, Lubbock. Six, what was our score in Lubbock that year? 66-59, I think. Was I the believe sc- that is correct. 66-59. But that was not the norm 
in 15, oh, you had the best defense in the Big 12. And you think, well, they're still going to be pretty good. And Houston didn't. It's not like Houston carved them up. It was 33-23 final. One of Houston's yeah. touchdowns was that goofy pick, uh, kick six. So it's not like the OU defense just wilted. And Baker Mayfield's offense only produced 23 points. So it was sort of a normal football game. Yeah, Samaje Piran was banged up in that game. Yeah. Fast forward three years, and if, if, if OU holds Houston to 33 points, everybody's thrilled. Everybody's thrilled because you figure, well, the Sooners will score more than 33 <laughs> because the offensive explosion that has happened has just been so pronounced. But it, w- it wasn't that long ago that OU was playing sort of normal football games. So I'm anxious to see what, what this one looks like just from a defensive culture, offensive culture kind of matchup. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And, uh, Barry, you, we, we look at this game and, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of talk and rightfully so about OU's defense and how they're going to look against Dana Holgerson's offense. Obviously that Holgerson offense has uh, done a number on the Sooners for, for quite a few years at West Virginia. But are you more concerned going into this game about that defense and just yes. the ability? Yes. Okay. So I don't even know what you have to say on the <laughs> other end. If you're asking me. Well, I got to talking to somebody uh, down there at uh, Arlington at Big 12 Media Days about this game and about OU specifically. This is somebody who played college football and was uh, in the NFL for a while. And he brought up the Oklahoma offensive line and how shaky that could be that first game. You know, he, he thought they'd be all right down the road, but maybe that first game Houston could give them some some issues because of, you know, four new starters, because of Creed Humphrey sort of having to, to uh, shoulder that load for the first time in a real way, and maybe that um, could get to the Sooners a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm not too concerned. I'm not playing – Clemson's defensive line. They're playing Houston's. Ed Oliver is yeah, gone. Ed Oliver is uh, he, he gone? He's not walking through that door. He gone. <laughs> so you know they, you know the the last time the Sooners played Dana Holgerson, they beat him fifty nine fifty six. I don't expect him to need to score fifty nine to win it. Um, I don't expect Holgerson to need to score fifty six to stay in it. But I. I do think the OU offensive line, no chance it can be as good as it was. But it can be okay. And Lincoln Riley's a smart guy. He'll he'll have he'll have an offensive game plan that ready to go that doesn't put Jalen Hurts at maximum um, maximum uh, trouble or um, danger. So I think it'll be a case of. Uh, Houston, I think it'll be an interesting game. I don't expect the Sooners to win, you know, in a massive blowout, fifty-eight to fourteen. I think it'll be a competitive game, but I do think Sooners ought to be able to ought to be able to uh, you know get controlled by the fourth quarter and 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 uh, win in what might be uh, uh, probably will be a high-scoring game. Yeah. Uh... You know, I know, don't know that we'll spend much time talking about the second game of the season against South Dakota. Oh, you uh, first game ever against a team from South Dakota, <laughs> I think. I believe that is correct. 
Yep. Don't don't know why it wouldn't be any other way. Grinnell College is in Iowa. <laughs> that might be the closest. Back when um, Grinnell was in the Missouri Valley, back in the teens and the twenties. But that that third game, UCLA is interesting. Obviously, Chip Kelly uh, on the sidelines there for the second consecutive year. How much better do you anticipate the Bruins being this year than they were uh, when they visited Norman? Well, they got to be a little bit better because what were they four and eight last year? I think I believe that's not correct. very good. But people out in L.A. or California or the Pacific Rim don't have a lot of confidence in UCLA. They're picked pretty far down in the Pac-12. It's not considered to be a a quick rebuilding job by Chip Kelly. Um, it won't be uh, a terrible atmosphere to try to survive in you're not going to oregon or someplace so i think that'll be an okay game it uh, i don't expect ucla to have a great year so i do think they'll be fired up they got the the, the freshman quarterback from a year ago is back and he's ucla you know, by the way three and nine a year three ago. and nine. Oh my goodness so he i think they'll be better but they're still not going to be real good so i think again probably not a blowout centers could go you know, two games out of the first three without a blowout. And that'll get up people all worried. But when you play a Houston or when you go on the road to a Pac-12 team, even if they're rebuilding, well, blowouts aren't assured. Yeah, and one of the interesting sort of side notes this game is that uh, Oklahoma's new defense coordinator is pretty familiar with uh, UCLA's head coach. Their, their time at New Hampshire crossed paths for a year. I think it was a year or two. Uh, there when when Chip Kelly was at New Hampshire uh, as the offensive coordinator uh, and Alex Grinch was just getting started in his coaching career. Cradle of coaches, <laughs> New Hampshire. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, what's, inter- uh, what's crazy about Chip Kelly is he was not even the, he was not even the head coach at New Hampshire. Yeah. He was never the head coach <laughs> at New Hampshire. He spent forever there as the offensive coordinator. And then was hired away by Oregon. Mike Bellotti thought the world of him and brought him in and made him the uh, head coach and heir apparent. And I've always thought that was odd that that New Ham- he was, that Chip Kelly was not the head coach at New Hampshire. So he proved himself at Oregon, did a decent job in the NFL. Now he's you know come back to the college game uh, at UCLA. Um, but that's a difficult job. UCLA has was a really good job in the days before the arms race of of facilities and resources. Those days have arrived, and a place like UCLA is hard-pressed to, ca- to keep up, and now UCLA is basically offering the glitz and the glamour of Tinseltown <laughs> and not the uh, the splendor of fabulous resources or even a great fan base. So... Um, it's not. It's it's a tough job, even if there are uh, more blue chip football players within fifty miles of you than you literally can count. Yeah, it's always it's been interesting to me that UCLA hasn't had more success recently. Although you sort of you mentioned some of the reasons, uh, you know, but USC has generally been able to cover, overcome a lot of those same reasons. You know, they haven't had great facilities, uh, gotten better. I think over the last uh, right, no, you're right. Years. You're right. You, you, it's some of the same challenges. The difference is Southern Cal has much, so much more prestige and 
success and allure. You know, Southern Cal legitimately is one of the top five uh, tradition-rich programs in America, and UCLA is not. It's a little bit of the Auburn-Alabama comparison, except Auburn has kept up on the facilities range. Now, UCLA is not terribly far behind. The whole Pac-12 is not a bunch of palaces. Um, Oregon and Washington have done a pretty nice job. Most teams, though, most schools don't have a ton of, of opulent facilities compared to a place like the SEC or the Big 12 where even your your Baylors and TCUs are having you know just fantastic building booms of facilities. Does not happen in the Pac-12. So uh, UCLA is not far behind in the Pac-12, but they are far behind uh, on a national basis. Barry, let's talk about that setting for a little bit for that game. Uh, you've been to the Rose Bowl a few times. Um, both, I believe you've covered a UCLA, OU-UCLA game out there, right? Or maybe, uh, or, or two, OSU? I've been to. I've been to two OU-UCLA games in the Rose Bowl. Okay. You're, and you're, two Rose Bowl games. Yes. Where does that rank? Obviously, it's a different atmosphere when it's in sep- middle September versus uh, – you know, New Year's Day. Well, the setting is fan- is fabulous, just in terms of scenic beauty. The historical feel is fabulous. The energy is not that great. Um, it's not as energetic. It's not as atmospheric as, say, I don't know, Kansas State. It's not even close. Uh, or Iowa State. Or Baylor, when the Bears are hopping. Um it's a laid-back crowd for a UCLA home game. It'll be about half full, maybe a little more, uh, since the Sooners are the visitor. But it's not – don't ever confuse UCLA as a, a bastion of college football. Reserve that for other places. Um, when it comes to – when it really comes to rabid crowds – You've got Oregon, Washington, and USC when the Trojans are really good, which they haven't been for a while. So yeah. this is not going to be a snake pit. The Rose Bowl <laughs> is not a snake, a snake pit. What's been the best road environment that you've been in, uh, maybe overall, and if that overall is a conference game uh, outside of the Big 12? Um, outside of the Big 12, Tennessee was fantastic. Yeah, that Tennessee game was unbelievable. Ohio State was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Florida State was was good. Who else? Oregon was fantastic. <laughs> that might be it. That yeah. might be the – Alabama was good. I shouldn't say anything negative about Alabama. Uh, Georgia was good and solid, um, but I would probably put – I probably – Notre Dame was excellent. I'd probably put Tennessee, though. Yeah. I, I'd I, probably put Tennessee. I would say Tennessee. I mean, when that overtime started – And they don't um, – and, you know, and it's not like they've had a lot of reason to get excited for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, but so they were fired they up were that They were fired night. up that day. It's, 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 it's a fantastic the, environment. The stadium was checkerboarded uh, with, with fans – uh, that it was loud. I had been the uh, God, what 
it would have been, I guess, was it 01 or 02 when OU went to College Station and lost? 02. Uh, 02, the Reggie McNeil game. Right. Uh, down there. A&M's good. I shouldn't say anything bad about A&M. A&M's good. That, to me, had been the craziest atmosphere I'd been in before the Tennessee game. And, like, the Notre Dame one was fantastic. Not taking anything away from them. Notre Dame was probably the best setting for college football. Um, probably. But, but that Tennessee game was the best uh atmosphere and noise and everything else i mean it just felt like you were in the middle of an airport yeah uh, being and down it's there so high it's it's almost like a it's almost like cooking pasta in a deep bowl you know yeah i mean it's, it's very almost, tall it's, very think of a very tall pan frying pan you know yeah so yeah tennessee probably i would agree with that but you're you're not going to be at uh ucla yeah, jenny's going on that trip so um, you get to go to Corvallis to watch uh, OSU play a couple weeks before that. Never been to Corvallis, Oregon, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, you guys will have a good time in L.A. Got a bad uh, deadline, so you'll have to yeah. deal with that. But you'll be uh, up in Tulsa that day, I imagine. Yeah, OSU plays at Tulsa that day. So um, I'll be uh, I'll have one eye on the uh, while I'm writing. <laughs> I'll have one eye on the uh, on the Sooner game. Yeah, but uh, let's get into OU's schedule a little bit more. It seems like this is the perfect schedule, you know, outside of some problems with that Houston. It's a good thing. schedule for but, OU. Because look at but, this. Look at the Big 12 preseason poll. One OU, two Texas, three Iowa State, four TCU, five OSU. Out of those five, Sooners only play on one of them out on the road. And that's Stillwater. Yeah. They host the Frogs. They host the Cyclones. They play Texas and Dallas. And in their first eight games, they only play one of those teams you mentioned. Texas is the only one of those they play in the first eight games. That's true. So to me, that gives that offensive line a chance to come together. It gives you a chance to sort of sort through some things with the defense. Very advantageous schedule. No doubt about it. Because when you start Big 12 play and you go – Texas Tech, Kansas to follow that UCLA game. You know, I think Matt Wells is going to do a fantastic job in Lubbock. I'm not sure that it's going to be a quick, fantastic job. So I, I think that there's, you know, OU should have a, a pretty good chance to be five and zero entering the Cotton Bowl. They should, and you know, who knows how they'll do there. But it is an advantageous schedule. It was set up well. You know, when when you when you play Texas on a neutral side every year in this nine game conference format, it's a four four one it's a four four one rotation. And what the Sooners have is their chief rival, the Longhorns, they never have to play on the road. Now they don't get them at home, but they don't have to play them on the road. So uh, the next best team, Iowa State, comes to Norman. So you can't Sooners have no arguments about the schedule. It's a very solid schedule for for doing well and uh, take a run at that fifth straight Big 12 title, which, correct me if I'm wrong, would be the longest stretch of conference supremacy for the Sooners since the Bud (laughs) Wilkinson days. That would be correct. Even the Barry Switzer Switzer, uh, salad days did not include four conference championships in a row. if you, uh, they had a couple of ties in there, but um, outrights, no, 
you got to go back to bed. Do we sometimes uh, overlook conference titles a little bit yes. right now? Yes. In college football, we do. Because I think conference championships, they're not that big in basketball. Um, you know, in the Big 12, we have a skewed view because Kansas wins them all. <laughs> um, but in the other conferences, um, it's a big deal to win the SEC. It's a big deal to win the Big Ten. Um, those are things that don't uh, – that, that's, a, that's a mighty achievement. And in, in basketball, not that big a deal. Um, now, they may have lessened a little bit with the college football playoff because now four teams can make the playoffs, and that's sort of the grand goal. In the old days of the BCS, only two teams could make the title game. And you could be fantastic and not make it. Yeah. So, you know, the conference title was actually a more meaningful, I think, a more meaningful uh, way to look at a, at a successful season. And for the Sooners to win four in a row has been fairly, fairly uh, renowned. And, yes, Texas has been down, but Oklahoma State during that stretch had some of its best teams ever. Um, TCU uh, has come on strong. Um, Iowa State's gotten better, so it's a it's uh, it's a notable achievement to win to win four straight conference titles. doesn't Doesn't happen very often. Barry, looking at this November stretch, we talked about how advantageous the early part of the schedule was, and really how well it sets up overall. But uh, that November stretch is pretty difficult. Uh, when you talk about uh, Iowa State at home on November 9th, we know what the Cyclones did the last time they visited Norman. Uh, at Baylor, uh, a Matt Rule team that's getting better and better um, a week later. And then uh, TCU at home, and then finally Bedlam and Stillwater. What, what's the most dangerous game uh, of those four to you? Waco. Uh, Baylor is picked sixth in the Big 12. I actually think they're under-ranked, uh, under uh, underrated I'd put Baylor ahead of TCU I'd pick Baylor fifth probably in the Big 12 and maybe fourth I think Baylor's going to have a really good year and you know you the last two times at at uh, Waco uh, shoot you know the Sooners have had a very difficult time of winning they won that classic in 15 with uh, Baker Mayfield and then in 17 Baylor wasn't any good at all and the Sooners just <laughs> eked by him yeah, uh, screwing around and, and uh, deep into the second half, they were um, they were uh, trailing. So, uh, and then in uh, of course in eleven, that's when we saw um, that's when we saw the uh, the Robert Griffin Heisman deal. So I think uh, I think uh, that'll be a tough place to play, to play, and I think Baylor will be pretty good. I'm going to say that's going to be the team you really got to watch out for yeah i'd probably agree with that i mean like the iowa state game uh in norman could be difficult certainly the sooners aren't going to overlook them after what happened a couple years ago and that this iowa state team is supposed to be uh quite a bit better than that but we'll uh see how things shake out not since 2009 it's been 10 years since OU won a a (laughs) blowout in waco wow so it's been two their last four trips two and two (laughs) And with two fairly tight victories. After when? 
how long did it take for Baylor to get their first win over the Sooners? Uh, well, it took forever. They started the the first win ever was in um, was in uh, twenty eleven. Yeah. So I don't know how many games that was twenty one or twenty two. So yeah, Baylor took forever to beat the Sooners, but when they did, they've been doing it in Waco. They've they've won uh, two of the last four. Yeah, so football season is uh, getting upon us. We're going to wrap it up there, but we'll be back uh, next week to uh, talk about OU football quite a bit more. We'll actually have some uh, things to look forward to with OU's local media day and and Meet the Sooners Day uh, coming up a week from Friday. But uh, until then, you can check out our work at oklahoman.com every day for the best OU coverage anywhere.